My name's Stephen Jones, and you're listening to the Ballards LLP podcast, Sound Advice. So we're all in the room, socially distanced. Uh, I'm uh, joined today by Mark Skellum uh, and Matthew Watson. Uh, Mark is one of the partners uh, on the medical team here at Ballards and also the current chair of the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales Healthcare Committee. And I'm also joined by Matthew, who is also one of the medical partners here at the firm uh, and deals with uh, countless consultants uh, and uh, GP practices and GPs. So we talked uh, earlier today about a topic for, for the podcast, and it was a bit of a, a punchy title. That, uh, is it time for private practice to close? Do you want to sort of t- take us from the top or what your thoughts on that are? Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, it, it does seem a bit peculiar, doesn't it? Um, due to COVID, we've got a problem at the moment where national debt has exceeded £2 million for the first, sorry, £2 trillion, in fact, just a few notes there for the first time ever and it's only growing upwards spiraling very quickly at the moment so we have a debate about how this is going to be repaid Uh, that's obviously going to be a national debate but we have um, great fears that the chancellor will try and recoup a lot of that through um, increasing tax all well all taxes but in particular um, capital gains tax in recent days we've had headlines in the national newspapers um, describing this sort of a capital gains tax grab and there is a fear that um, for instance in the property market it could be a crash because there'll be a fire sale of second homes trying to avoid these capital gains tax charges so actually just today we're sort of considering sort of consultants with private practice companies and whether or not they should liquidate um, those companies or not so should we start at the beginning shall we so um just remind me, so why did consultants incorporate in the first place? What's the basis behind that? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Mark. I mean, o- over the years, we've incorporated um, many, many um, consultants and their companies. And this was really to sort of reduce the overall tax that they were going to p- pay during their, the company's lifetime. Basically, the plan was to um, incorporate consultants' self-employments into companies so that we could introduce spouse and families as shareholders and tra- try to pay out just a small amount of dividends each year. And the aim were really to try and avoid losing personal allowances um, and keeping consultants' incomes to less than £100,000 per year. Because as soon as you sort of go over that threshold, you get taxed at high rates, such as 60%. And they're also trying to reduce the annual allowance pension charges. And then the plan is really that eventually, over the lifetime, you build up a large capital sum within the company. And then when you decide to liquidate, you, your hope is that you can liquidate um, just at ten percent, and that's the issue. So that you, by liquidating at ten percent, that's by using the entrepreneur's relief part of the capital gains tax, which is what we're concerned might be up for grabs uh, in the short term. Yeah, yeah? that's it. Particularly, yeah. so that's the problem at the moment. So the question is whether or not um, it, there's going to the chances are going to hit entrepreneur's relief, um, reduce your personal allowances, and also increase the tax rates. So at the moment, um, fairly recently, the entrepreneur's relief was reduced down to a million pounds, which means effectively if it's a gain on a business asset, which hopefully we can get away with when we try and shut down the companies, then the first million pounds gets taxed at 10%. Also, there's a personal allowance that everybody gets on their capital gains tax of £12,300 at the moment. 
And at the moment, the normal rates of capital gains tax, which would be applicable for consultants, would either be a 10% or a 20% rate. There are other rates at the moment, but normally these would be the rates that would be applicable. So the Chancellor could hit any of these factors. He could reduce the entrepreneur's relief, say, to half a million or to sort of get rid of it entirely. He could reduce your personal allowance down from sort of 12,300 to maybe sort of 2,000 pounds. And he could increase tax rates to, I mean, there are some very dire predictions out there, but maybe as high as, um, you know, 40%. And that'd be the real problem, actually, wouldn't it, Matthew? It's not necessarily, um, you know, for, for a lot of these, reducing the personal allowance on capital gains from 12 and a bit to a couple of thousand quid, yes, it's going to hurt, but it's not a massive impact. Um, you know, equally, entrepreneurs' relief is great because it halves your tax bill from potentially twenty to to ten percent. But the real killer here would be if we end up with the capital gains tax regime brought to the same sort of tax rates as the income tax regime, isn't yeah, it? So, that that's the, that would be the absolute killer here. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we just did a, a bit of an example that if you um, if you had say one hundred fifty two thousand pounds net assets in your company, this is sort of an um, an actual real life example. If um, that company was closed down today and we could manage to get entrepreneurs relief, the overall tax charge would be in the region of about £14,000. But if um, if they sort of hit annual allowances and they um, raise the tax rate to, say, 28%, then that tax charge can increase up to £41,000. So, you know, an increase of nearly £30,000. So the next question is, well, well why, don't, why don't we just shut down all these companies straight away now before sort of the next budget? Um, but that's a difficulty because there's always a sting in the tail. There's, a, there's, a, there's also a problem, isn't there, Matthew, that, that actually no one really knows what's going to happen. And I suspect right up until, you know, the day or day or so before the budget, potentially not even central government knows what's going to happen in that budget. So, uh, you know, if we if we. If the, if the three of us in this room at the moment, if we really knew what was going to come exactly in that budget, we'd probably be doing slightly different jobs about uh, being fortune tellers rather than accountants, wouldn't we? But um, sorry, I've interrupted you. No, no, certainly. You call me Mystic Matt. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're dead right there. And also, there's a question about whether or not, if he did anything, whether he would change things straight away or whether he would give us a bit of time to actually sort of shut down and realise some gains. I mean, the gut feeling is that he would probably make any changes straight away. And also, if he gave us any time, the the prospect of being able to get a liquidator to shut down your company would probably be next to nothing because they would be just so busy. I, I see. I, I think you're right, Matthew. I think the, the the realistic position here is the budget is going to be sort of mid-March or so, isn't yeah. it? It's always mid-March in anticipation of it being um, starting the new measures from sort of 5th of April. You know, if any changes are going to happen, that's the time scale you'd expect it to happen, and, and you are not going to get your company liquidated in that two to three week period, are you? It's going to be, even even if all the liquidators were sitting around twiddling their thumbs doing nothing else, which I think is highly unlikely at that point. Yeah, spot on, Mark. So I think the question is is you know if you're going to do it, you need to do it now. But the sting in the tail is that if you do do it, if you um, you're effectively taking what we call a capital route rather than an income tax route. An income tax route would be if you took out dividends instead of taking out as a capital gain. But the sting in the tail is that if you take out this capital route, i.e. to take it out as a capital gain, within two years after winding up the company, the directors cannot carry on in the same trade or in a similar trade or activity. So what that means is that once you 
um, close down the company, you wouldn't be able to do private practice effectively uh, for two years. So that really does restrict, you know, whether or not it's a viable option for yourself. But um, certainly, I think um, anybody that's got large sums of money in their companies um, would be a good idea to come and have a chat with us now. So this this is quite a punchy statement that you're making there. You know, the first question. If if this is the route for consultants going forward or, or a possible route or something that you think might be uh, advantageous from a financial point of view, how is this going to affect public health going forward? Yeah, it's very frightening, actually. Um, we've already got about 10 consultants who, for them, they were close to retirement, but they have decided to retire entirely now in order to sort of benefit from this capital gains tax route. But that does mean that they have completely giving up private practice. So again, that's going to cause great issues going forward to waiting list initiatives and things like that. We've also got the other complication, I suppose, Matthew, as well, which is um, a number of these companies that, that consultants operate through, they might be running things such as electric cars through those companies, might they? And actually, have, they've taken some nice tax treatment on those in the expectation they're going to run the car for three or four years or so. Yeah, all of those calculations come back into play, don't they? They certainly do, because obviously on the cars, you've got some nice tax relief, as you say, on the way in, but on the way out, you'd be disposing of that car, and that would be a taxable event. And and, and actually, Mark, you do have to be very careful, don't you, about tax tail wagging the dog? Yeah, agreed. It's, it's, it's certainly not not an easy an easy um, choice. And and there are, you know, there, there are you're absolutely right there actually Matthew. but there there could still be some advantages to having a limited company um going forward um depending on your circumstances and your retirement plans and and, and how you intend to maybe draw some income down from it aren't there but it's it so it's one of those that it's not an all-size fits all here it's not a case of if you've got a limited company you need to go and do answer a you need to think about what your objectives are chat to us and then decide from there yeah, most certainly, because if you're in the position where you can have your limited company and you're not thinking about winding it up for a good many years, hopefully we're going to be in more favourable tax, um, you know, tax landscape. Is there an alternative to operating through a limited company to to carry on practising? What, what What's the alternative on it? The alternative is if you're not already incorporated is to remain sort of on a self-employed basis. Um, but there are many advantages, as Mark sort of um, indicated, about being in the company in the first place. So, I mean, that still may be a favourable route. It's just that it's, it's, it's definitely a sort of a personal, a, you know, personal advice for each client. And as I said, if if um, if your circumstances are you're likely to retire fairly shortly, then it might be worth retiring a bit earlier and taking the um, the favourable CGT treatment. If you're thinking about being in private practice for many years, then it might be worth having the company, but just leaving as much capital as possible within the company for now. Um, as I said, it, it's horses for courses. It really, it really is down to each individual circumstances, yeah. isn't it? And, and and the whole purpose of this podcast really is just to sort of outline what's going on and what we think is actually happening there, isn't it? So that we can, you know, people can start thinking about it. it is as, as you alluded to matthew if if you are in one of those categories where you think actually no i do want to liquidate and i do want to get out and and, and protect myself against the risk of a, an increased capital gains tax rate then actually 
um, it's something that we probably need to be acting on pretty swiftly. I'd have thought, isn't it, to, to get things moving before the um, before the budget? Yeah, totally. So, what should people do? Uh, I'd suggest people pick up the phone and talk to either Matthew or myself, um, and we'll talk through each individual case um, individually because we have to because um, what people want out of their limited company, the stage of their careers, their income, their income aspirations, everybody's different. So, there is no one size fits all, um, but hopefully we've we've outlined the potential risks that are out there great stuff thanks mark great thanks guys um as always if you want to get in contact with uh, any of the team here at ballards uh usual number is 01905 794 504 and thanks for listening <laughs>